We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Alexander. McCollum staying with him. Spins, gets inside. Left hand and off the glass. Oh, what a sweet move. Giddy, tough spot. Back door. What a pass. What a play. And Jada picks the pocket of Trey Young. He'll take it himself. This is the dark. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncontested Wednesday show part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. I'm your host for the night, J.D. Silva, here with some fellas, including Jacob Niffin. Fellas. <laughs> we got Nick. Wow, new host. I don't go last. Let's let's have you host more often, Silva. <laughs> and Taylor. Officially jumping off this podcast, which will save us about 30 minutes, to be fair. Oh, my God. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, before we get started tonight, uh, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating if you have not done so already. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Threads, L, maybe Blue, Blue Sky. Sky uh, <laughs> I'm trying to X. think of like all the other random. Yeah, yeah X. Um, and then final thing, Jacob, you have some information for our listeners. Hey, we are hosting... An uncontested Thunder watch party, October 27th. That is a Friday night. Second game of the season against the Cleveland Cavaliers. It will be at Bar K, which is in downtown OKC, right next to the Boathouse. Awesome facility. It is part dog park, part bar slash grill. You do not have to bring your dog. You don't have to have a dog. You can just come hang out and watch the Thunder with us. If you want to bring your dog, though, you are more than welcome to. Dogs have a cover charge of $5 for the night. It's actually a discounted rate since we're hosting a watch party. Humans get in free. Just tell them you're there for the watch party if you don't bring your dog. We're going to have the Thunder game on 16 different televisions out there. We're going to have some drink specials, some Halloween specials, they're going to have some Singo, which is music bingo, going on. There's going to be some food. We're going to have some giveaways, including some signed Thunder uh, like pictures. 
of different players. So you're going to want to get out, hang out, eat some food. If you got the dog, bring the dog. If you don't, just come hang out, eat, drink, check out Thunder vs. Cavs with us. We will be live podcasting from Bar K after the event. Uh, it's just what gonna the be dog awesome, doing? It's going to be an awesome <laughs> night. It's a Friday night, uh, so you don't got work the next day. So come hang out with us. Have a good time. Watch the game. Bring your dogs if you have dogs. You don't even have to watch your dog in the dog park. They have like trained, numerous licensed. trained and licensed dog watchers that are like, I, I, I don't even know how to explain he it. Literally, it's a, he told it's like us like you can go there. Yeah, he, he said you can go there like even during the week. And like it's like just like dog daycare at your local yeah. uh, vet. Uh, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. Um, but again, you don't have to have a dog um, to come. And we're not going to be like sitting with the dogs, except we kind of, we are the dogs. But <laughs> the, animals, watch. the animals will be in their separate area and not where we are eating and drinking and watching the game. It's going to be really cool. Uh, most of us are going to be out there. So come hang out, say what's up, sign up to get some signed Thunder gear. We're going to have some goodies, some giveaways, some uncontested stickers, lots and lots and lots of stuff. So make sure to come out. Game tips at 6 p.m. Friday, October 27th. Uh, we're about two weeks away. If you Good plan point. on going, um, first five people, send me a picture of your dog. I'll pay their cover. If you don't have a dog, send me your record prediction. I'll buy your first Thunder Rita. First oh, five wow. I like it. Look at Nick showing out for the people. I can't be I get, there, so I got to contribute in some. How do I get you to That's buy awesome. my first Thunder Rita? You got to be one of the first five people there, Silva. You don't count. <laughs> uh, that'll be very a cool fun. idea. I'm curious about Singo. That sounds like a. I need to be involved in that. Somehow. Some may say our watch party is uh, for all the dogs. Shout out, Drake. Wow. Others may say that the watch party has the dog in it. It does multiple. Don't have lots Multiple of dogs. dogs Silva's it. even playing sounders of dogs barking in the background. It's not actually a dog barking. Zero <laughs> percent chance that is my <laughs> sociopath animal barking in the background. Used to be my dogs. Now it's uh, Jacob's dogs. <laughs> yeah. My dogs have gotten old and lazy. Speaking of dogs, Kamiar needs to eat about thirty dogs to fulfill oh my his, God. his bet yes. last season. And not real dogs when I say eat 30 dogs, just to be clear. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. <laughs> or corn dogs, I think, is actually what it was. Or so. corn dogs. I oh. think it's, let's see, all of the above. Yeah. It's, just it's, any assortment of dogs. It's a lot Speaking of, of we do have a few um, bets that need paid. Looking at you, JD. <clears throat> Justin <laughs> also has some that need to be paid. And the bets podcast is in like a week and a half, boys. So get your stuff yeah, that's... so we can do the next bets pod. More info on that coming in future shows. Might be giving Justin a ring with some help on one of mine. Actually, that'll be that'll be great. Yeah, that'll ring, ring, well. ring. Justin, hello. Um, what's what is next? We got the watch party. I think we're good to go. Anything else? Um, but you guys watch baseball now? That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> That's now? weird. <laughs> I only hear about baseball I once not, a I year. Not watch baseball. Now. I I yeah. simply uh, see the news and. Try and keep up with the sports. That's Rangers right. are good for the first time in half a decade, almost a full decade. So, Nick, what is the longest baseball game like you've ever sat and watched? Um, I mean, with rain delays and stuff, there's probably been four or five hour game, but they have a pitch clock now, and games are like two hours, two hours and fifteen. Like they're quick. 
Oh, I didn't wow. know this. I did not know this. Didn't I know this. It's a, it's a it's new like a rule shot this clock. year. Yeah, it's a new rule this year, and games go very quickly. It's like used to be baseball. You never know what time the game would end because there's a billion factors that could result in it going long. And this year, it's like very predictable, which is great. What, happens, what happens if you like if the shot clock expires? Is it like a turnover? Yeah, if if it's the batter's fault, they're like it's an automatic out. If the pitcher doesn't pitch, and it's a pitch clock. Um, so it, it's a whole it's bunch of like a watch if you don't, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's the same concept as a shot clock. It's, it's, you're negatively impacted if you don't hmm. go within, the but time. like if the pitcher, if it's the, the pitcher's fault, does the runner automatically get on? Sorry. Yeah. There, yeah there's, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of, whole bunch of benefits. To, it, doesn't happen often. it doesn't happen often. All right. Okay. Let's talk some basketball. Yes. <laughs> now let's talk basketball. <laughs> so not a new game to talk about yet in the middle of the preseason, but we do have some national media discourse once again. Uh, if you guys remember, just just a short two seasons ago, the Thunder were the black eye of the NBA. They were doing a disservice to SGA by not surrounding him with better players, just tanking relentlessly. Well, we've done a complete heel turn in a very small amount of time. Uh, today, Bill Simmons, Kevin O'Connor uh, had a podcast they released, and they went nuts. I'll just do a quick recap, and then we'll go from there. Um, Bill predicted the Thunder would be the four seed in the West. This is like Taylor's dream scenario. Um, brought up trades for OG, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, and Joel Embiid. They said Kaysen Wallace looked like Drew Holiday. Um, it was nuts. Nuts. Uh, and then one more thing, which just kind of added to this flood of national praise, was uh, Woj went on ESPN and said that he thinks there are four potential all-stars in the starting lineup. Uh, talking about just the four young core guys we think of. And adds that maybe Chet Holmgren is a potential MVP candidate. So uh, I just want to open it up to you all. How did we get here? And what is going on exactly? Uh, Jacob, just go on ISO since you're not hosting. I think you hit it on the head, Taylor. Or Taylor, good job. Silva, (laughs) there we go. I think you hit it on the head as far as like the heel turn is insane. For the black eye of the NBA, this disgusting tanking team, it lasted two seasons. They got two picks, six and two, and that's it. And then they, I mean, the narrative, part of it is just, I think, the style of play, SGA exploding, and then just the hype around Chet. Um, but yeah, just, just a complete heel turn. Now, I listened to... Not all of the Bill Simmons pod, but I'd say probably most of the OKC Thunder part of it. Not to toot our own horn, but I'm tooting our horn. If you want good, nuanced Thunder takes, listen to a podcast like us. Don't listen to a national podcast like Bill Simmons, who was saying that Trey Mann is going to close games for this team. Um, Like, Nick, I think you would probably agree with this. Each person on this podcast knows more about the Thunder and the plan and how they're going to operate than Bill Simmons, who's one of the biggest sports media guys in the country. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I've I've personally never listened to a Bill Simmons pod, but based on what you've <laughs> described here, if he's mentioning Trey Mann at all in his podcast, it's about the Thunder. I don't care if it's closing lineup or playing at all. He probably didn't have a very good pulse. It's If you want good content of an NBA team, listen to the local podcasters of that team. That's where you get your best information. So that was one takeaway from that, JD. 
the woe stuff kind of like where did that come from surprises me like just gassing up the thunder which is awesome um i think some of it just comes from the hype of monday night's game yeah. which i mean chet and Wemby both played great but and nick we haven't had you on since that monday night game but i mean what was it 21 and 10 21 and 9 yeah and like and 16 minutes I, I mean, could you have asked for a better debut in... I mean, I know it's preseason. I know we only played a half. He and Wim... I don't give a shit. It was awesome. Like, yeah. it was awesome. I had a blast. He, I mean, for people that have watched him in Summer League closely for two years now, not surprising. Um. Like, was it an awesome performance? Yes. But did he really show you anything that you hadn't seen? I know it's preseason is a little bit better than Summer League. Um, but, like, that's the same stuff we saw in Summer League two years in a row. Uh, my biggest takeaway from Silva's commentary, which thank you for kind of outlining the national discourse today. And I know it's our job to talk about this. But it's <laughs> funny because nine days ago, I believe it was Media Day, Mark Dagnalt, quote, the outside atmosphere respectfully is fleeting. So that's not a reliable source of motivation because it comes from and goes based on outcomes. Basically, screw any external narratives. And here we are a week later talking about external narratives. Again, it's our job. But it's kind of funny because I, I think that kind of stuff, um, while I'm sure the guys see it, they're hyper-trained to not pay a bit of attention to it. Agreed. And I love that you brought that up, Nick, because that, that's kind of what I was thinking about all day. When I saw Woj's uh, segment that all he had on NBA today. Taylor's thinking about. All day long. I'm just sitting <laughs> there just at Devin, Devin's Tower, uh, just, yeah, just stewing on it. Um, seeing. Uh, I like the, how you the, said Devin's Tower. Like, there's a guy <laughs> named Devin who owns the tower. <laughs> um. I mean, I, I think there is something to be said. I, I just saw a lot of discourse from Thunder fans being very excited about these national media members, if you want to call them that, like talking about their favorite team, which I get. Especially after the Chet versus Wimby debut, it's really cool to see like Chet kind of being put up in that narrative, like that that narrative kind of forming and and Chet performing, like, you know, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Wimby. I get all of that, especially after being dubbed the black eye of the league here, what, two years ago. But ultimately... And unfortunately, I do listen to Bill Simmons, Nick. <laughs> the Simmons hype and the Woj hype are just setting up for like mid-January and like maybe early February when they're like two spots out of the fourth seed, but the West is so tight. So they're also only like one and a half games out of the 11th seed. And then all these national media members come back in and say, this is the time. Presti needs to make a win now trade and, and push the chips into the table so that they, they can get that top four seed. And then ultimately, Presti won't do it, right? And then Presti will be criticized by these same national media members. So just be prepared for all the Thunder fans out there that the narrative will turn. And then if things go as planned and as we hope, and as as if you just listen to Sam Presti, you know it probably will. Come May or April, when the Thunder still make a playoff seed, potentially, not even a play-in seed, and it's just through like organic growth and letting guys like J-Dub come into their own, and Josh Giddy and Shea building chemistry, and Chet getting acclimated to the team, and they still make that, that playoff seed, then there's going to be like a third podcast of Bill Simmons saying, Sam Presti's a genius. He just let these guys grow organically, and the, and the possibilities are limitless. 
Well, and so again, the narrative is going to change, but just like Nick's quote from from Dagnall, I love that you brought that up, Nick. My, my pushback on that, like to be clear, Bill Simmons says he can say whatever he wants, and it's going to get aggregated. Uh, Woj, though, there's obviously merit to anything that dude says. Like he's more plugged in; he knows more about all 30 teams than we know about the one team we cover. Like full stop. Uh, that said, his comments today. That shouldn't shock you if you watch the Thunder and know the Thunder. Like, I think we've all on this pod said these four guys could all be all stars one day. Um, I think it's more validation that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. big of a national guy. Totally, totally. But if to 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 contradict the narrative that Oklahoma City needs to make a move, if we are all of the belief that there's four potential all stars an already MVP candidate in Shea and a potential future MVP candidate in Chet. Why would you trade? Right? It's weird. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Like, it's almost like the narrative is already flipping on itself. Like, they got to make a trade, but they also have four guys that are going to be all-stars. So, like, yeah, in order to trade for, for a potential, like, all-star caliber player, you have to trade one of those four. Yeah. And it's right. Like, why not just... And those guys may have higher ceilings... Ultimately, even if it's not until two years down the line, three years down the line, compared to the player you may be trading for. And I think that's what the national narrative here is missing. One of the names hype and excitement. One of the names that Bill Simmons mentioned as a trade target was Paul George. <laughs> Paul George, like, OG Anobi, yeah, pass out. Yeah, do I think Paul George would slide in and be like perfect on this team? Yeah. Yes. For but a season. How old how old is he? 33? <laughs> right. Thirty-four. Like what are you giving up to get in? Like it doesn't make. You're sense. not trading one of those four guys for Paul George. They've got a they've got a fetish for guys with the last name Man that are not actually good and think are yeah. Unhelpful. So he was like naming the best. He's like Trey Man's one of the best shooters on the team. Well, he didn't mention Isaiah Joe or Bertans. Didn't mention that Trey that. Man was like eighth on the team in three point percentage. I will say yeah. KOC had a much better pulse on it. He all. did. And when you're on a podcast with your boss, you kind of have to roll with the punches. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then give out some uh, more maybe um, educational tidbits there. And I thought KOC did a good job of that because he was the one who mentioned like Bertans potentially having a good, a, a bigger role in this team. And, and I mentioned like Presti's media availability talking about like just being patient. So I did, I did respect uh, KOC being on there and kind of giving uh, a little more nuanced and, and an educational uh, approach there compared to Bill's, why don't they trade for Cat? Kind of, and and they both said that the one thing this team needs is a seven-plus footer that's like 250 pounds or more, a guy that can get in there and guard some of the bigger guys in the league. And to me, that was just the the penultimate, like, oh, you don't know what's going on here. Like, that that was the light bulb, like, flash-in-the-pan moment for me. Like, they're going to play Chet at the five. They don't give a shit what you think. Like Could Chet is the five more. on this team. Um, staying on that, but kind of diverting back to Monday night again, because I've been thinking through this a little bit, and I just wanted to get your guys' opinions. When the starting five is out there, and we assume, I think correctly, that's SGA, Dort, Giddy, Dub, Chet. Do you guys think there's ever going to be any like weirdo matchups for the opposing team guarding the Thunder? Like, is there a chance that an opposing team doesn't put their center on Chet and instead puts, like, a smaller wing 
and stuff like, like that. Like I've just been thinking about like, what, what the matchups look like. Yeah, I assume. Nick. Oh, go ahead, Nick. No, I just said the same way the Thunder guarded Wimby. Right. Great yeah. comparison. Well, I mean, technically, the Thunder put their four on San Antonio's four. Yeah. <laughs> there's also yeah. there's a thirteen point. inch difference there. Um, but like, I think we'd all assume, as long as it's not a center the opposing team's best defender guards Shea every night. Yeah? Correct. Who does the second best defender on the opposing team guard? Is it J-Dub? I would think J-Dub due to the versatility of a scoring and not necessarily because Josh isn't as good as J-Dub, but... I, I would assume you have to put a big on Chet, but I guess you could go small, which had me thinking like, who guards Josh in a lot of these games? I think I this, keep right. I think the center may end up and center in the modern NBA is not really like we're not talking like Andre Drummond or Joel Embiid. We're Just talking like yeah. a big guarding Josh because he doesn't pose the threat as a three point shooter. You can kind of sag off and um, he's going to back down guards. He's made that clear. He did it at the end of last season. Whereas I think J Dub has a little bit more like pop and power to his game when he drives mm-hmm. and he can shoot the three. Um, I do think that we're going to see bigger guys on Josh, smaller guys on Chet because that's interesting. I, I, I think that, I mean, Chet is a better three point shooter. You kind of have to have a guy that can guard the perimeter on Chet. You don't necessarily need that with Josh. Let they're they're gonna like say that. Josh. Mm-hmm. If you want to take eight threes a game, be our guest. That is so so we, interesting. Can we do a case study real quick then? Yeah. The watch the watch party is Friday, October twenty seventh against the Cavs. Ooh, the Cavs starting lineup is going to be Darius Garland, um, Donovan Mitchell, Max Struess. Maybe I don't know. who's starting at the three. Max Struess. I saw it. And freezing, I forget. But yeah. But then they got the two bigs. They've got Evan Mobley and uh, Jared Allen. So Nick, if you had to guess, what are what are the defensive matchups for the Cavs in man coverage in that game against the Thunder starting five? Think uh, think Donnie probably guards Lou Dort. I think Max Ooh. probably guards Dub. This is, this is... I think Garland probably guards Shea. He's going Eat. to cook. <laughs> I think Mobley. That's so hard because, like, I know he's while, perfect while, for while Jared Chet. for Chet, but then like Jared Allen. While you don't have to guard Josh on the perimeter, he's like not the example I was alluding to when I was like a big is going to guard him because he's. I don't think he moves as well in space, but like maybe he does kind of play sag off D. I, I, the, the the case study is is the reason you're asking is because it's a mismatch nightmare. Like that's that's the point of this exercise. Um, I think it's going to be a whole lot of switching and maybe it's more of like a matchup zone than a real man mm-hmm. at points. Like it's gonna it's gonna be a nightmare for opposing teams. You kind of got to a, where I was thinking though is that do they put Jared Allen on Josh Giddy? Right. And if they that's might. the case, and Jared Allen's playing three steps off and all the pick and rolls that Josh is running. And there has to be like some rotations on the backside. Like, I love that. So it, it's a, I love that you mentioned it's a mismatch for opposing teams or it, sorry, it's a, yes, a mismatch for opposing teams, but uh, it's the point of this exercise. 
the reason that Jacob asked this question. I also think it's the really kind of the the, the way that the, that the Thunder have constructed this team. And so it doesn't even like I even think about uh, there's so many versatile and and we're talking about the depth of this team, like the the second unit that they could roll out probably differs on a game to game basis. And that's by design. Right. And how do you guard that second unit coming in? Yeah. And it's all about creating that mismatch, that advantage. That's kind of what this Thunder team is like at their core. Uh, what Presti is really kind of built here. Yeah, I, I just my, keep thinking about that with Jacob's question. My my question back to Jacob because I think this actually is a hell of a lot harder, and I think it's probably it probably has to happen. Maybe not this year, but in the future for the Thunder to be as good as they can be. Um, take Lou Dort out of the equation, and insert either Poku or Usman Jang. Mm-hmm. Now tell me who guards that starting lineup. Against the Cavs, yeah, yeah, that's that's absurd. I, I like you have to no have idea. one of one of Garland or Mitchell on J Dub, Giddy, Oos, Chet. Like, who who or is Shea. Who, or yeah. Shea? Who who who? Tell me. Yeah, no, I'm I'm 100 with you. The other one, and, and maybe this is the low hanging fruit, partially because of my uh, well known bias, and partially because they run two bigs like the Cavs. But I think of the Minnesota Timberwolves. As much as I hate Rudy Gobert. Thank you. You're welcome. I think of the Timberwolves a lot as well. Like, Jaden McDaniels is cold. He's going to guard Shea in that matchup. Like, no questions asked. Um, Actually, Ant-Man versus Dub is, like, really fun. Oh, yeah, it is. But similar body types kind of there. Yeah, they're they're kind of like the same build. But then the Thunder's front court of J-Dub and Chet Versus the Minnesota front court of Towns and Gobert. Like you're giving up a lot of size inside, like if J Dub is guarding Cat for the game. But I just think of the other side of the court. How how in the hell do Cat and Rudy Gobert guard those two guys? I mean, I don't even need to answer that question. Your initial thought of who's gonna guard Gobert? <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Well, like, Put them all day. Put, put Lou Dort on Gobert yeah. and tempt them to throw it inside 25 times a game. I'm with you. I was just thinking the flip side of that matchup, though, is Gobert's going to guard Chet. Pick and pop for days, baby. I really wonder, like, it's not going to be like Syracuse where they run zone the whole game. But if OKC can't prove they can shoot it from deep, teams are going to run some zone on them. We saw oh, last yeah. year. Oh, yeah. I think the Thunder are going to run a lot of zone. With the length that they have in that starting lineup, I think running zones, especially when you have Oos out there and you get Poku back, you have some insane length to run zone and like pick off every pass imaginable. And they won't do this, but it a trap zone, a half-court trap zone would just bring me so much joy. Again, that's not really the Thunder. It's Oklahoma high school basketball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I think, love it. I think uh, this is that was a great case study, and I think that uh, I'm gonna be very excited to, to like for our game previews, which we're gonna do here in just a little bit. <clears throat> looking at those matchups is gonna be like fascinating night tonight. Because what if what let's, do you do? Let's do that every every week when we look ahead at the game. Yeah. Let's talk about who's guarding who because it's gonna be weird. really freaking hard. Weird, yeah, it's weird every night. Um, let's take our first break, and then we'll uh, revisit some stuff we did on Sunday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. So, Sunday's show. You guys brought up five questions heading into that first preseason game. That was fantastic. Uh, I figured we could revisit some of those and see if we gained any insight after that. I know it's just one game, but we can revisit those and see what we got. So, um, Look at JD pulling out the, uh, the old teacher card here. Hey. We had five big questions. We're assessing <laughs> how we are progressing towards the questions at certain benchmarks of the year. Let me go. You once were the teacher. Now I am the master. Darth Vader. <laughs> I'll have to check if that's an actual Darth Vader quote, Taylor. But I'll hold it's you. Right that. before he kills Obi-Wan. Okay. <laughs> Spoilers. Jesus. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, okay. Question number one. I, I guess we can just go one by one. And if anyone has something, we can go that direction. Well, why, why don't we let's go through all five real quick. Just remind mm-hmm. the listeners of the five. And then we can kind of pick and choose. I think it's probably a good, good process. Sweet. Uh, question number one. Can any of the young guys force their way into a role slash playing time? Question number two. How does Vava fit into all of this, and what is his contribution? Uh, number three. Do we find out what the rotations and lineup will look like? Who will make the roster? Number four. How have the up-and-coming stars grown or developed, and will they take the next leap or step? Thinking Giddy and Jado specifically there. And number five, is Chet really that guy? Uh, so some of these are obviously too hard to nail down after just one game. Uh, but I think there is some stuff here. I, is Chet really that guy? Sounds like a pretty fun jumping off that, point. Do you want to start there? Yeah, he seems like that guy. I mean, 
<laughs> item question five yes hit the yes. checkbox let's move on <laughs> dude i i'd be lying to you guys if i said i haven't watched the highlights 10 times yep oh yeah yeah i mean dude and, and i'm interested to get nick's thoughts um whenever he gets back here real quick had to take a, a quick uh potty break there from nick but i'm interested to get his thoughts. i'm really proud of him that he made it this far into the podcast honestly hey. um Nick said earlier, if you've watched Summer League, you've seen some of the stuff, <laughs> some of the stuff that uh, Chet can do. I feel like the Summer League stuff was like tightened up, Nick. Like, I feel like in Summer League, especially this year, it was rusty. Chet mentioned as much. He was dealing with some, what do you say, some knickknack injuries, which is a, a weird way to <laughs> describe it. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> That's weird. Insane. His nuts were messed up or something. <laughs> um, and that he wasn't like at the, in the shape he wanted to be. I felt that like the, the handle was tighter. The decisions were more deliberate. It's one game and it's a half of a game. I know. But like Nick, the first thing that jumped out to me for Chet, he went straight into Zach Collins' chest twice, hit him with the spin move, ripped it through because Zach Collins just does not have the foot speed to stay with him and got the foul twice in a row. We watched that spin move get ripped from Chet multiple times in Summer League. It looks so much more deliberate and concise now. And if he can do that against big men and just beat them to the punch and get that foul call, I mean, what a hell of a skill for a first-year guy to have. Little Gonzaga on Gonzaga crime. Didn't yeah. realize that. That used to be Jacob's every-year trade target was Zach Collins. Yes. Collins. Yep. Uh, he would have fit too, damn it. My biggest takeaway from the opening game is you already start to see the breadcrumbs that would lead you to believe Chet is his best in the biggest games with the biggest spotlight. Like Summer League debut, Salt Lake City, a year and change ago. His best Summer League game. He, he was not bad from there, but like the debut game was his best game. Uh, summer league this year, you could argue like the opening debut game, first game back from injury, his best game preseason debut against Wimby His best like, when, when the spotlight is bright and the expectations are high, he performs very, very well, which makes you believe you haven't seen it. Um, later on in his career, maybe even this season when the stakes are high and that guy knows he's got to go be a little bit more aggressive and show a little bit more. He can't like I think a, a game against a game against the like who's gonna be the worst team in the league this year? Give me give me the worst team Hornets? in the league. Washington. Washington, Washington or Hornets or the two against that, yeah. Washington. It wouldn't shock me if Chet took six shots and had nine points and six boards and like not that he's not trying. Yeah. He doesn't have to be the guy. Just did his job and went home. You know, you see him maybe against the Nuggets in the home opener. Maybe he takes 14, 15 shots. Like I, I just think that like the big moments is where he he shines the brightest and he has the ability to, which is Are like my biggest really take love. I love that take because I haven't really seen a lot of that, Nick. I think that's a, a great take. Are you saying that we should track his stats in national TV games throughout the entire season and then compile <laughs> yes. them at the end? Yes. Just check it. Nick, what you just told me is just he's got the dog in them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I just keep thinking back to this kid's mindset. Like he answers questions the exact way that I mean, they were trying to bait him into talking about the Chet versus Wemby show. 
post game Monday night. He just wouldn't take it. Like he he's all it. about getting better. He's all about focusing on us. He's all about a, being the team guy. But he can be nasty, man. Like he just him responding to that tweet, the, the tweet highlight. So of, yeah, the, like, the headbutt. Uh, I don't want to get my hopes up that high, but it's like it's hard not to. Where at each turn, you're just your your thoughts and your feelings and your opinions on the kid are being validated. You know, he's just he's the ultimate dude you want on your team. He's he's a dog. He wants to take the fight to everybody. He doesn't back down. He's willing to do all the little stuff. He doesn't want the accolades. He just wants to win. But he's also really freaking good and going to get accolades. It's just fun to watch. He that, so, he clearly started playing better after the headbutt. Like that, like fired him up early. I on. love that too. Hey, that okay, kind of Thunder, into Nick. if you need somebody to headbutt Chet pregame to get him fired up, <laughs> we can do it. We just, know a guy. Just that's give me a, a call. That's a real thing, actually. Like in football, yeah. Have you ever seen those yep. coaches that like their job is to, like slap the players in the face before the yeah. game get fired up? Yep. I'm not going to slap somebody in pads and a helmet though. <laughs> Fair enough. That seems like a dangerous. There's some coaches that are like grab a player's helmet, like headbutt him, and start yeah. bleeding everywhere. Like, yeah, it's wild. It always blows my mind. Like when when players swing on the football field and like punch a guy in the helmet. I'm like, that's just hurting you. Yeah, right. hurting that guy. Congratulations, that yeah, for fighting back. CTE is real, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, not to present the question to you all for the sake of time, but just but you're going to. <laughs> but I will. <laughs> I. That everything that Nick said there about Chad does kind of like add an additional question for me, uh, heading into the preseason uh, based off what we talked about on Sunday, Jacob. And I, I think that is how, how does this version of Chet that Nick described so well and that we potentially will see throughout the season, how does that fit with guys like J Dub? We want to see him take more of a leap. And, uh, you know, Giddy, I, I think, fits in well regardless, but obviously, Shea being the main guy. So really, the main thing being Shea, like how does Shea and this version of Chet that we saw this first preseason, preseason game, like how do they coexist? Yeah, and That's kind of something I think we'll be watching throughout the majority of the season. For sure. I don't think it's going to be a huge issue. Right. I think they're going to play a very democratic style of basketball. I think night to night, you could see one of, like SGA, I assume, we, I think we all kind of assume SGA is just going to average a ton of points every night. But like the other three, I, in my head, it's kind of like, Whoever has the matchup advantage on a night, whoever is just in the most rhythm, it'll be their night, and you know everyone else will follow in. But I just don't see it being super fluent. Like I, I just see there being some growing pains there, and then I, hopefully, yeah. like the ultimate goal and what Pressy has been getting at for so long is that come the end of the regular season into the playoffs or play in whatever it may be, that they have kind of worked that out. But it's just something that again, something uh, like a sixth question after this first preseason game that I've kind of added on yeah. to my list. I think a lot of times growing pains as far as like basketball and guys sharing almost comes from like a, a selfishness standpoint or like a need to cook mentality. And I just think that a lot of the guys that Thunder go for intentionally don't have that. I mean, Taylor, think about 365 days ago. All we could talk about was, is the Shea and Josh Giddy pairing going to fit um, the what was it not my first choice or not my first yeah. option or I, I forget what the exact quote that Shea had was but like we beat that into the dirt and then look at what they did last year you know I just I think in our brains 
we're just wired to think that way because we've seen that be a thing with NBA teams for so long. I just think these guys are wired a little bit differently. And I think that's part of why Presti targets some of the guys that he targets. And I don't disagree with that at all. I just wonder if it's like we're in super competitive games fighting for playoff seedings at the end of the, the season. And we're wondering like, or, or we're wishing like, man, I really wish Chet would have been more aggressive there because he's trying to play within the the style of this team. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. It's just something I'm really monitoring throughout the 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 balance of all that. And it's not just Chet versus Shea. Like I mentioned, you have Dub and well, Giddy as well. Yeah, and I think they also like, and Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, but they kind of talked about this at media day of like having guys play to their strengths and, and finding guys in rhythm and whatnot. To me, that's like, that's the balance. Let, let a guy cook. Like look right. what they did with Bertans in those first four minutes of the second half. It was just set a billion screens for that dude and get him open because he can't miss. So I, I think it's interesting. Let's transition. I wanted to go back to Silva. Will you reread the first big question again? Yeah. Uh, first one. Can any of the young guys force their way into a role or playing time or more playing time? Usman Jang played the most minutes Monday. I know it's one preseason game. Just it's a data point. Case Wallace gets the start. And what was it that Mark said yesterday after the game? He looked even better on film. Yeah, he looked even better on film. He God. looked like a guy that was playing in his 100th game, not his first game. I didn't see that quote. That's awesome. Yep. You you want to talk about a guy that doesn't try to cook and stand out and just yeah. fits a role. He what did he have? Three steals. Which three is, steals, one is, of three from the field. Uh, the one was a steal and a nasty dunk gun yeah. on somebody's head. The the three steals are important. What I think is the most impactful thing he could do this year. He he could have had zero steals in that game. I'll tell you this: him picking up full court, kind of semi full court, you know, like, like aggressively at half. The opposing guard, even if he doesn't rip him one time, his stamina, his ability to initiate the offense, like a lot of times the set you're running in the NBA, it starts with the first pass. And you've like got to get the guy the ball in the right spot for the angle to work on the next cut or the back, whatever the next kind of action is. His ability to just like pick pick up full court, half court, and make the first initial pass tough and then also wear out the opposing guard, the box score doesn't matter. Like if, if he, if, if the Thunder are playing the Bucks and Dame Lillard is a little bit more tired or his legs are a little bit more shot in the fourth quarter and misses the game winning three, you can never go back and say, that's because Case and wore him out. But there's a good chance that like the reason his legs were shot or he didn't get enough lift on his shot late in the game is because he was working all freaking game case mm-hmm. and guarding him. So it's like and Nick, with Kaysen, it's the little tiny things like that. that give me those, three steals, great. I don't care about three steals. It's it's the little things with him that are so impressive. And that's probably what Mark saw in film. So can you imagine like being guarded by Lou Dort, and then immediately after that, Kaysen Wallace comes in to hound you. To your point, Nick, like oh, I can't even imagine that. That, that would think, be like as a superstar. Like think of Luca who plays so so many minutes for the. For the uh, yeah. Mavs, it's and like him and Lou are going to get compared because they both play good defense. I think their styles are actually pretty different. Mm-hmm. Lou is like mm-hmm. more of a physical, like body you up. You're coming off a screen. You're getting shoulder checked. Like you're just getting kind of beat up all game. Kaysen is like this quick twitch, lateral speed. Like he is, he is just on you 
all freaking game. Yeah. Sorry, Jacob. No, you're good. Three steals, three offensive rebounds. I talked about this in the post game with Taylor, but I haven't talked about it with Silva and Nick yet. This sounds dumb, but one of my favorite plays from Monday night, and there were a lot. We'll talk about J-Dub in a minute. In the third quarter, Zach Collins throwing a fit because he thought he got fouled. And he, it, it was definitely not a foul. The Spurs put up a shot. Kaysen boxes out like nearly seven foot Zach Collins and escorts him to the courtside seats, like pushes him all the way down the baseline to the courtside seats and doesn't get a rebound, but just boxes out the biggest guy on the floor, clearing the way for his guys to get a rebound and push the, the court and transition with the starting center on the other team out of the play because Kaysen just out physical his ass. Like one of my favorite plays to see, it's not going to show up in a stat sheet. It's not going to be put on a highlight reel. It's not going to be remembered. But just Nick, I think that like epitomizes what you were just talking about. I I watched that and I was just like, dude, I love that. They're going to see that in film and they're going to hype that thing up. Like those are the types of plays Kaysen makes. And I, he's awesome, dude. He's going to be, and the youngest guy on the team, I'm pretty sure he, I think he's younger than Ouse. That's a good, we'll, we'll Google it as we, yeah, no, we, we did this the other day yet. Yeah, Cause I think Ouse is 20 and Kaysen is still 19. I think that he's kind of a, leads. I think that all kind of leads into the playing time thing. Like whenever we did our playing time exercise that we do every year, uh, what, last month, something like mm-hmm. that. And Kaysen had like not a lot on that. I don't, I don't remember exactly the number. I think it was 10 or less maybe on that, on that random night in December, whenever it was, because we assume a large part of that was because we assume Mietzich will be, will play a huge role. He wasn't even playing last uh, on Monday night. So I don't know. Does with all the praise that Kaysen is getting from Mark and the, what we saw on the court for just that one game, has that changed your mind at all? Like, do you guys think that maybe more minutes could be there? Or is it just going to be status quo night to night could, could fluctuate? It'll just quickly, Ouse's uh, birthday is in May, and uh, Kaysen's birthday is in November, so they're hmm. very close. Sorry, I, I, yeah. I think I think there's room for minutes for both, especially as injuries happen, and um, we always get tied up on like who's the starters. There's a lot of teams at the start, like the fifth starter doesn't actually play as many minutes as the sixth man or like some seventh man on certain nights. I think there's plenty of minutes to go around for both those guys despite the guard rotation being stacked so um i think it's it, it comes down to in case it can facilitate so this is not discounting his his offensive ability but like what do you need that night like do you need a guy that can come in and just like wreck havoc defensively or do you need a guy that can come in and knock down deep threes and facilitate the second unit like are you are, are you subbing out lou dort or are you subbing out josh giddy like i think that's kind Great of the point. big big question there's a lot of yeah so much depth on this it's yeah. crazy it's like, yeah so yeah. much and, you know i they could have picked anybody to start monday night they could have gone big and put jay will in they yeah. could have gone more lanky and put Us in and let him guard um uh, victor Wembanyama. and they decided to go with Kaysen. and this isn't some like bs college uh, he played harder in practice this week so he gets <laughs> We're sending a message like they just like the kid and wanted to give him a shot. And I, I think that does speak to how they feel about him. Agreed. I think he's going to play a role. 
for the record, uh, Asthma Media Day, his favorite food spot in Richardson. He told me the wing bucket. <laughs> the wing bucket. I'm going on Sunday. So I'll, I'll have a, an in-depth uh, food, food review on Sunday's pod and let you guys know if, if Casey knows what he's talking about when it comes to food. Hey, speaking of food reviews, we can't spoil too much, but a uh, special Ooh. little podcast coming True. for you guys in a few weeks. True. And I will say one of my favorite parts of Media Day was uh, afterwards. We're down there on like the the floor where they're doing all the pictures and stuff. And uh, shout out Adam Francisco <laughs> comes up to Nick and like Nick's telling him that. And he goes, Nick, I'm just going to be honest with you. Just be careful. I scouted like, it out. Be aware it's, of your it's surroundings. Decent, it's a decent part of town. <laughs> We're good. It was, it was pretty funny. If it was in a worse part of town, it'd probably be better. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Sure, that's, that's Yeah. I think I made that comment, but he was like... I think some of the best fried chicken I've ever had in my life was from a gas station in like South Dallas that was like wow. right off the highway that was yes. pretty sketchy. And it was... Dude, it was gas. It was so was good. It, was it as sketchy as where you played that band where <laughs> the, the guy kept telling you to get out of his house? Um, that was two blocks away from the Houston bus station where dudes were like actively shooting heroin on the sidewalk. So no. Okay. See, that's oh more context of the story. It can, always, so be worse. It can always be worse is what I... 13-year-old Jacob got exposed to some stuff on that Houston trip. Jeez. I didn't shoot the heroin, just so we're all clear. I just spectated. It. Life Witnessed. lessons on a Wednesday night, everyone. Uh, don't do heroin and... Jason uh, Wallace it, is going to get some minutes. And it could always be worse. I think <laughs> It Nick could always that. be worse. Uh, let's take our second break and then move on to tomorrow's game. <laughs> There's no real great transition there from uh, heroin no. to no, there's not. basketball. We're back from the break. We're all good. <laughs> I like that our comeback from the break was Taylor talking about transitioning from heroin. It's great. It might be okay. a sounder. My mom's going to listen to this podcast and wonder what the hell my dad was taking me to when I was 13 <laughs> I was years old. Built, it just builds character. That's Look right. Look at this now. There was also okay. a guy that got in his trunk in that Houston neighborhood and pulled out like a large assault rifle. When are we doing the Houston trip episode? That needs to be like an off season. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like, are we taking a trip to Houston? No, yeah, that like needs a, to be behind behind a paywall, and you have to show your ID to to listen to that show because good grief, just like a twenty minute twenty one or older trip. life lessons learned. On Nick and Taylor got that on the on the summer league trip. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll put that one behind the the uncontested only fans account. Oh my! <laughs> another source of revenue. Um, okay, so tomorrow Thunder play another another exciting young team. We could say that about Detroit. That's fine. That's fair. Um, so let's talk about that game and some things we're looking forward to. Looking forward to hearing Nick talk about it. Tell you that much. One hundred percent. Solo, damn. I uh, I might try to jump on with you, Nick. You Four won't. podcasts in five days. I can do it. The only way you'll jump on is if Chet or somebody goes off. <laughs> I can't tell how many times Jacob's like, man, I'm bi- I got to play video games tonight. Or I got to do something tonight. And then Chet has a crazy game and he's like, he's on. what time I'm you starting? In. What time you starting? He's thirsty. Hey, Nick, you're, my... you're welcome, you ungrateful yeah, right. son of a gun. <laughs> hey, if my Chiefs are either... Uh, Hopefully, beating up on the terrible Denver Broncos, or more likely, oh, that game uh, making things way too close. Then I'll uh, I'll jump on to distract myself. It's over in the first quarter. 
you're you're Should joining be. tomorrow. Um, <laughs> we we were doing the case studies earlier. Interesting matchups with um, Beef Stew and Jalen Duran versus J Dub and Chet. Yeah, like Detroit that's... is kind of the uh, antithesis of what Oklahoma City is building here a little bit. Yeah. The lack of who, versatility, I who think. Who are they starting? They're obviously starting those two bigs. They're starting Cade. They started th- Asar last Asar. game. Asar. And then He's who's, so good. who's the... They didn't start so Jaden Ivey, did they? No, because Asar started. So they brought Jaden off the bench. So I was who was, to a, who was uh, the fifth? Athletic podcast. Cade, um, Asar, Beef Stew, Jalen Duran. Are you sure they didn't start Ivy? I think they, they started didn't Alex because Burks. I listened. Yeah, I, I listened to a podcast just uh, on my way home and uh, talking about Ivy coming off the, the bench. Who was that? I think they started Burks. Good point. So it's got to be like a Sam Presti tree thing where you preseason, you just try weird things out and something like that. I think the matchups are going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see who plays for the Thunder. Does Shea play? Um, I hope not. I He's told you guys. Improve. I told you guys that. I mean, he doesn't have anything to prove, but I think getting reps with he and Chet against other teams is probably... If, if he doesn't play, my money's on Jay Will getting a start. I think that's fair. Um, interested to see if Vasa plays. His his ankle looked great. Like, he was he walking it. around, doing whatever. He needs it. So, quick aside here. Um, Monty, said, this is from uh, James Edwards of The Athletic. He said, uh, Monty mentioned that bearing injury that would have been bogey and burke's spot so bogdanovich would have started interesting were it not for a little i think it's a very minor injury i'm curious about the ivy thing i'm not gonna you want ivy to be a six man yeah it's a little weird i mean it makes a little weird sense on paper but like i would would start a saw i mean i'm with nick i'm so high on the thompson twins i'd put a saw at the four and play isaiah stewart off the bench yeah i would do Got to get your bigs out there. Point. You got seven bigs out there. Like, yeah, I think it's Stewart. So is, much athleticism. Isaiah Stewart's a big name because where he got drafted. But like, go look at his numbers. That dude's not that. Enduring is they. They talk about Isaiah Stewart like he's like one of their best shooters. And if that's the case, you're not in a good I'm, spot. No. Let nope. me read you just because we're the Thunder are playing them. Um, I normally wouldn't go on the drive a hole. Last season, he averaged eleven and eight. In 30 minutes a game while shooting 32% from three. Not that that's bad. But like that's just it's not it's necessarily average below it's, average production for a starting level NBA player. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Was last uh, year the season where he tried to kill LeBron James, or was that the one before? I'm talking about question. Time blends, doesn't it? That was it wild though. It's exactly, yeah. It was. Was to I never it's a great, it's a great meme. It is a great yeah. meme. Great meme. I think that was two years ago. So pissed off wow. Isaiah Stewart could win like a tag championship. We should do a podcast <laughs> on like best WWE memes. The That'd be fun. Uh, uh, MFRS Mellow is a great one with that the is. water band. Oh, dude, on. that's who me? Mellow? Mellow is just very, very memeable. memeable guy. Dennis Schroeder pointing to the shot clock before the Stephen Adams Hail Mary. I mean, they're yeah, great. That's not a meme. Idea. That's an iconic oh. Sistine Chapel image. Like that's all the above. Nick, <laughs> I didn't realize we need you right now because Meekleek reminds us that. James Wiseman is on this team. What's, sure is. What's your investment level in Wiseman at this point? Uh, given he was on the market for second round picks, I'm still on the, on the train saying, why not? Like if, if, <laughs> if I mean, Jacob just said not long ago, 
the Thunder, they're everyone's talking about them needing like a, a seven footer that weighs two hundred and whatever pounds. Like you, you don't Wiseman make next you don't make that trade for a Rudy Gobert or for a cat. You make that trade for a guy like Wiseman. By yeah. low. Yes. By Why low. trade four first when you can trade two seconds? Yeah. And yes. He, he can step out in theory. Like he's super long. I, it is the defense would be absolutely absurd. To answer your question, that train is not dead. Okay. That's still chugging, baby. Was he, he a you. horrible picket at was it two overall? Two. Mm-hmm. two. Yes, he was. When he could have had LaMelo. Could you yeah. imagine LaMelo or, or Tyrese Halliburton on that dubs team? Oh my God. No. All right, we're getting way off track. I here. know. I, I will say Second like Detroit's gonna be fun. Um, I expect Lou Dort to shoot 20 times in his hometown of Montreal. Yes, he should. This That's is the cool. get out of your and also guard Cade. Like I'm hoping Cade plays. That's going only, honestly going to be a really fun matchup for that probably only a first quarter. Um, you might see J Dub on Cade. That I would Which love. Be that. awesome. I hope we see some of that. I love Jalen Duran personally. I think he's like really, really way more skilled than I gave him credit for coming in to the draft. I just pictured him as like an athlete that would grow into being someone more skilled. But like from what I've seen, I mean, I don't watch a ton of Detroit games. Like the footwork is way better than I thought. The touch is way better than I thought. He's awesome, and I hope he gets a yeah. ton of minutes. A little bit shorter than uh, I think people realize too. Isn't he like six eight, six nine? Who is this? Jalen Duran. No, I honestly have no idea. I don't know. He's like six eleven. Okay, I could have sworn he was shorter than that. Anyways, uh, first matchup between Duran and Chet since that was that a Sweet Sixteen game? Yeah, Memphis versus Gonzaga. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, six six, ten two fifty, and then they played Arkansas. Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Jay will out. Yeah, that's fun. (laughs) My hogs. Um, wow. I love, I, I am love curious. <laughs> Go ahead. For I'm a hog, curious what you guys think. Now, granted, there's a very likely possibility that if Shea is starting and playing this game, that like a Josh Giddy or Blue, Blue Dort will play. But Josh Giddy, who also played in FIBA, may rest this game instead. Um, but assuming everybody is healthy, even if it's just for like the first quarter that they play, do you guys just expect it to be um, Shea? Lou, Giddy, Dub, Chet, um, or do you guys expect like maybe if, if Giddy's out, like Mijic starts not starting lineup? What are you guys kind of thinking in terms of like the starting lineup? That's something I've been thinking a lot about. Weird shit. <laughs> Weird shit. Or maybe it's just Kaysen. Like that. Nick, he's I almost want to like play devil's advocate. That's the uh, that went on for way too long, but that was just the <laughs> weird shit sounder. <laughs> Nick, I almost want to play like devil's advocate to your idea that they could like start J Will this game for the size. I wonder if they lean the other way. Like if Josh can't go, they they do start Kaysen again, and it's like Shea, Kaysen, Dort, Dub, Chet, or something like that. I, mean, I think I think if I think if you went back and looked at lineup data you're probably better off going small and making it hard on the big team than trying to match the big team mm-hmm. that's that's gut feel so that wouldn't show last year that's what the thunder did a lot make other teams match you a lot you mean the entire freaking season if you yes. have a center yes that's kind of like back to the beginning of the podcast that's kind of the yeah. core of this team i love asar thompson personally 
He hit like he's, a game tying. Hard. He hit like a game tying three as time expired in that game against that uh, Phoenix a couple days ago. He's that awesome. He's awesome, but that dude would have been like the perfect prospect. Yeah, hey, I was high on him and Jarris Walker were my dudes. He is so sick. Um, Jarris looked good too. Man, I again, if I'm Detroit, I would just start Asar at the four. I just think yep. that makes so much sense. I would not. I, if you're if you're giving Bojan, thirty nine year old. Bogdanovich minutes over Asar. I like if you're competing for a title, I get it, but dude, there's some weird on. stuff going on in Detroit. Like Monty went on for a long time recently about how he doesn't use analytics at all or very, very, very lightly. And then Weaver's made some weird decisions, obviously, with the roster. I don't know what's going on. Monty was told there would be no math. He was told, <laughs> shout out, yeah. Justin. He the one like advanced stat he dropped was something that we like the NBA community like the Twitter community at least knows that it's like not very useful. It was like PER or something like that. It was just like what is happening? Well, his real plus minus, his field goal percentage, his points per game. He's doing the Scott Brooks the Scott Brooks thing where you just like coach and just say play harder, play with more heart, and then you remember that time? Yeah, was it during the finals where Scott Brooks was like play with your heart? And I was like, bro, this this is your analysis in the finals. Like you say in a football. In hindsight, it makes a lot of sense. That's what I I taught little league or taught little league. I coached little league for one season, and that was like my coaching philosophy: play hard. I will tell you how good of a coach I was. We we lost every game. One day I I called a timeout. They came over to the huddle, and one of the kids took charge and said. Guys, we're not playing good defense. Coach Jacob, we haven't even fouled anybody yet. And I was like, he gets it. <laughs> he gets it. <laughs> Just foul the shit out of all of them. Getting some good, uh, getting some awesome. good comments tonight. We got a, one from Meek Leak. If I want a quote, if I want a disappointment, instead of watching the Pistons, I'd look into my mother's eyes. <laughs> getting dark on a Wednesday, Meek. Getting dark. <laughs> Um, yeah, what time is that game? Tomorrow, Tomorrow six o'clock. Six o'clock. East Coast. Okay. And then well, I think we have another game Sunday against Charlotte that tips off at like four. Yeah, it's random. The hell's going on? But my four favorite NFL team plays on Thursday, so I will be ready 4 p.m. Sunday. <laughs> I will be watching 4 p.m. Sunday as well against the Charlotte Hornets, who It'll apparently have a player who is about to get put in handcuffs. Yeah, Miles Bridges. Second uh, player waved in as many days. One's in it. handcuffs and the other's on meth. <laughs> it was yeah. Oh my god, happens to the best of teams. A lot of weird news today, including that. We're going to do the which and... Thunder players could end up in handcuffs and or on hard drugs. Then we're going to skip that part. I'm cool with that too. <laughs> weird news. Like which, short un- segment. which uncontested None. podcast host is most likely to end up in handcuffs? No, that would be a longer segment. And which um, one is most likely to do hard drugs? The guy that's um, doing Nick. drawing charges in Paycom Center. <laughs> that's the arrested one, one hundred percent. Is it because I'm I think Kamiar's probably the the one to do hard drugs in like the middle of his PhD program? Yeah, whatever gets like, you through. That's a grueling process, you know. Papers and fentanyl, baby. <laughs> that also feels like oh, a what a, a way to what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to get that. I mean, we've we've talked that. a lot of drugs on this podcast between heroin <laughs> and fentanyl. 
That's probably what a way to close out the episode. A straight edge, uncontested podcast. Um, NBA today also said <laughs> that load management is a lie and not to listen to it. I did see that. Super weird. Look Whatever. over here, but not over here. Yeah. Load management part of the woke liberal media. <laughs> Fake news. We should, probably, we should probably get out of here. <laughs> Look at me just playing the music whenever. Uh, thank you guys for joining us tonight on this uh, wild ride of an episode. Be sure to join Nick tomorrow and maybe Jacob if he's feeling up to it. Uh, talking about the Detroit Pistons game. If Jet scores 20, I'm coming <laughs> on, Nick. Deal. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, I'll be here next week on Wednesday and Sunday. It'll be Jacob, and we're just going to keep doing that for a while and see how that goes. Um, all right, see you guys next time. Adios and thunder up. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.